St. James Lutheran Church. My name is uh, Pastor Joel Hess, and uh, I have the privilege of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with you. Thanks for listening, and if you'd like to support the ministry, the mission that God is doing here in the uh, Lincoln Park area through St. James, please go to our website and uh, donate online. Thanks for listening. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You better not shout. You better not cry. You better not pout. Who's coming to town? Good answer, Jesus. Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. You better be good for goodness sake. My goodness, think about this creepy song we sing. It's creepy. Who is this songwriter? I mean, kids should be scared of Santa Claus with a song like this. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you are awake. Is the government, for goodness sakes. I mean, what is going on, right? Seriously, though, whoever wrote that sounds like he's talking about an angry God who's coming to town, and you better be good, or you're not going to get a present. Now, parents, God bless you. That's not a bad way to motivate your kids. I know. I get it. And I'm sure it was a mom who wrote this song uh, <laughs> one day as her kids were arguing, right? She's good cop, bad cop, right? Hey, I'm good, but Santa Claus, he's mad. But honestly, though, I hope you heard that song in John the Baptist's words. John the Baptist literally sang a song just like that as he came to Jerusalem and Israel. He might as well sing the same song, right? Watch out, right? You better do good. God knows what you're doing, and it's not good, right? In fact, look what John says. This is all before Jesus. Nobody knew who Jesus was at this point. And John says, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Later on, people are coming to John, right? And he looks at them and he says, you brood of vipers, you snakes, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? This sounds like Santa Claus is coming to town, doesn't it? And according to John, people are not ready for Santa Claus to come to town, let alone God to come to town. I would love to see a, a manger scene. And next, you know, next year for our Christmas play, we need to have a John the Baptist, right? Because you've got your cute Christmas and your baby Jesus, right, and all warm and cuddly. But really, who belongs in this Christmas story? It's this John the Baptist. And he's not so cute and cuddly, right? He's wearing, he's wearing crazy clothes. He's been out in the wilderness. He looks a little nuts. Looks like those guys that hold the sign that says, the end is near. That's what we need next year. Let's do that, Warren. Let's make that happen, Karen. I'm sure we have plenty of kids that volunteer to look like the crazy guy, by the way, too. But that's a very important part of Christmas. It really is. Is that John the Baptist is a person saying, you better be good. God's coming, right? Because that's what we're welcoming in Christmas, isn't it? Jesus, God, coming to town. And guess what? We should be scared. Really, if you knew that God was coming to town, your town, 
You've got to be one, one proud son of a gun not to be frightened that God's coming to your house. You know what I'm saying? If he knew truly, as the song says, what you're thinking when you're sleeping, when you're awake, what would he conclude? Do you belong on the nice list or the naughty list? Let's be honest, which list? The naughty list. <laughs> we will. And that's the point of John's message. But you know who John couldn't stand the most? You know what he, get, he gets mad about the most? And Jesus gets mad about the most? It's not people who are screwed up and messed up or are wrong and bad and on the naughty list. But you can tell John doesn't like it when you think you don't need to repent. You notice this? People are coming to John thinking, hey, it's Christmas time, coming to get my Christmas gifts. And John looks at them, he says, you brood of vipers, who warned you? Because these guys, you see, they didn't think, these Pharisees, these chief priests, the leaders of Israel, they didn't think they had anything really to be ashamed of because they looked great on the outside. They gave 10% to their local church. They gave money to the poor officially, right? They gave stuff to the Salvation Army. They looked really good. They sat in the front row of church. And they thought they deserved God's love and they deserved that Christmas. They actually thought that they were on the good list. And that's who John says, you brood of vipers. You're not only not on the good list, but you are sons of that snake. What snake is he referring to? That snake in the garden. <laughs> that's an insult to a Jewish person, by the way. They thought that they were good. That's the worst sin. It's thinking that you are fine and great and everything's good and God loves you just because the way you are. There's a song right there, right? I love you just the way. Is that a song right? You are. We think that's how God thinks. He's just some hippie up there and he just loves everybody, which he does. But he's not happy with everybody. And so John is called to basically say, you better not pout, you better not cry. God's coming to town, man. Repent, he says. Now, what does that look like to repent? It means to see and acknowledge that you are messed up, you bet. Does it mean to get your life perfectly fixed up or else God's not going to be happy with you? Does repent mean you need to become perfect and straighten everything up before you can enjoy Christmas? It doesn't. That's not going to happen. Repent means to acknowledge, I stink, right? Let's say it together. I stink. And if we really mean that, then we're going to try to do better. Absolutely. But we're going to mess up. But the key to repentance is to admit that, that I need help. I need a free gift. I can't do this myself. I've really messed things up. That's what repentance looks like. Look what John does here. He freaks everybody out, and they start coming to him, and they say, what shall we do? And you would expect him maybe to say, well, go join a monastery, right? Leave your job, you know? Or you'd expect him to say, read the Bible all the time. Quit work. Just read, you know what I mean? You'd expect John to give him some kind of crazy, extreme assignment. But what does he tell him? What shall I do? He says, well, if you got two coats and someone needs one, give it to him. You get tax collectors. They come and they say, what shall we do, right? Tax collectors are terrible people. They stole from their own people. They skimmed off the top. John doesn't say to quit your job. He says, do it well. 
The soldiers came, you see. They were also looked at as, as evil because they would take advantage of their position. And John doesn't tell them to quit their job. He says, do it well. Don't complain about your wages. Treat people right. That's it. That's what the repentant life looks like. The repentant life means acknowledging I stink. I need help, Lord. I need you. I can't do this myself. And the repentant life looks like I'm going to try to do better. But it never ends. We're always repenting. You better not pout. You better not cry. You better not pound. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. Jesus came to town. But he isn't like Santa Claus, rewarding people who do good, who are on the uh, good list, and not giving gifts to people on the naughty list. Jesus has come to town. That's what Christmas is all about. God has come to this world. He has come to your house. He has come to St. James. He has come to Lincoln Park. But unlike Santa Claus, he has not come to reward those who are on the good list, and he has not come to punish those on the naughty list. But this is crazy. This is amazing. But Jesus has come to give gifts to those who are on the naughty list. You know this? Jesus is the opposite of Santa Claus in that sense. Jesus has come to love and to claim back and to give gifts to those who are on the naughty list, who are sinners, who are messed up. That's why God came on Christmas. He didn't come for good people. He didn't come for righteous people. He didn't come for people who have it all together. He came for people who are on the naughty list. Jesus was born that day for you and for me, period. Jesus says to himself, I came, a doctor heals those who are sick, he says. I came for sinners, he says, which we all are. Thank God that Jesus and the true Christmas is better than the fantasy Christmas we've invented. That the real Christmas is about a God who loves sinners. A God who put his son on the cross for you and for me, who took our place on the cross, who took over our sins and our shame and our guilt and lovingly laid it on the line. And three days later, he rose again. And he went out looking for sinners, and he found his disciples who were scared, and he gave them peace, and he gave them hope. And then he told his church to go out and find people on the naughty list and tell them that there is hope and there is peace and that Christ has done it all and the payment and the barrier between God and men has been removed and to give them gifts better than the gifts we're given on Christmas but gifts of total forgiveness your slate wiped clean and total life new life forever life a free gift. We're not going to give gifts like this for our kids. We're going to give gifts and they're going to break them. We're going to give gifts this coming uh, Christmas. They're going to lose them, right? But the Christ, the gift we have in Jesus is forever. It cannot be lost. It cannot be broken. And you can play with it all you want and enjoy that forgiveness until he comes again in glory. And he will not take it away. And he will not stop being faithful because he's better than Santa, isn't he? Jesus is the one who gives gifts to those on the naughty list. In Jesus' name, amen. Rejoice.